Welcome to the Sport Feels Life podcast. This is our first podcast of 2023. And later this year, we will be entering our third year of content. So with that, we thought that we could reintroduce ourselves as the host and the point of this podcast, why it is so special to us. So with that being said, allow me to introduce to you Scott Houston. Hey, everyone. Um, my name is Scott Houston. This is my wife, Megan Houston, and I'm excited to be a part of Sport Feels Life podcast. Um, I am a NCAA coach in track and field at High Point University, entering my eighth year. I'm a professional pole vaulter. I won uh, the U.S. championships indoors in 2018 with a personal best of 19.1 and a half. Uh, I've traveled the world uh, for pole vaulting, and I've really enjoyed my time and experiences with that. Uh, I love sports. I love all sports. I play anything that I can, I can uh, whether it's soccer, ping pong, basketball, football, flag football. I mean, it just doesn't, it really doesn't matter. I love doing it. I love talking about it. And, uh, and I'm excited to share the lessons um, and experiences that we can meet through any type of athletics and, and sports and, and transfer those into knowledge, both for, for life and for success in sports for other people. Um, and let's see what she's got to say. All right. Well, I am Megan Houston. I am a former All-American at the University of Arkansas, and I was a part of a national championship track and field team as a pole vaulter. Um, so I'm also now living in North Carolina, training and competing as an elite pole vaulter, also coaching at a local pole vaulting club called Vault House. So that's been really fun to kind of transition a little bit into some more coaching. And we are a part of Sport Feels Life. And we just want to, you know, for new listeners who may be out there kind of, you know, searching for a new podcast, want to know what we're all about. Um, or for returning listeners, we just kind of want to share a friendly reminder about the power of sports and why it is so special to us. So on that note, what are some of the most memorable lessons that you've learned? If there's one specifically you can think of, we'll bring that one out. But if there's two or three, what have you got, Megan? All right. Starting off strong here with the questions. So for the most memorable lesson I've learned in sports, um, we've both been doing this for a while. So with that, we've definitely had some ups and downs as far as the greatest or most memorable lesson learned. I think that those are sometimes learned through the most difficult times. Um, I think sometimes when we struggle or we go through a difficult time, that's where we end up learning the most. So as an athlete, I have had my fair share of struggles um, mentally, but also I've had my fair share of injuries that have, you know, been very frustrating to deal with and where I may not have been able to perform um, or compete to the level that I wanted to, or at all, you know, when you have to sit out and rest, that can be difficult for an athlete, but you have to remember that we are humans and that is a part of pushing your body to its physical limits. But I think um, as an athlete, I also have set some very large goals for myself and some I have achieved, some I have fallen short, but I think the greatest lesson in that pursuit of those goals is that, you know, you're most importantly trying to improve yourself, but there is so much more value in the journey itself. And as an athlete, it can be difficult to not just limit yourself in defining yourself and your successes by your athletic successes, 
but instead seeing yourself as a whole person and celebrating the entire journey. Those laughs with your teammates along the way are really the most memorable um, experience. So I think coming back to your question and the most memorable lesson learned is to not define your success with your athletic success, but celebrate the entire journey in that process. And that really is the most beautiful part of it all. So coming right back at you, what is the most valuable or memorable lesson that you have learned, Scott, either as an athlete or as a coach? Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful question. Obviously, I asked it. So I think uh, I think a lot of people can learn from sports. We both do. And uh, you hit the nail on the head with, with the journey. But as a coach and as an athlete myself, uh, one thing I've learned that sticks out to me is that every person, every individual is different. Um, people might have similar experiences. Um, people might have similar uh, problems to solve, similar challenges to overcome. But uh, no matter if they are the same challenge in a different year, a different time, there's always a new blueprint that can be written. There's always a new um, scenario that can be navigated differently. And, uh, and each individual should be okay with knowing that their challenge might be similar or, or, or a little different than to somebody else's. Um, you know, I, I personally wasn't as successful college athlete as I could have been. Uh, I was supposed to be pretty good. I was pretty talented, but I always underperformed a little bit. And, and then people would not have bet on me to become a professional pole vaulter or to win a national championship at that. And, uh, and I decided to keep going for it. And I wanted to be uh, someone who challenged themselves and really sought after my own success. But along the way, I've learned um, initially how to teach others through my experience so that they don't have to go through the hardships I did. But even if I've taught one or two or three lessons over and over and over again, they're still different for every individual. Um, and so pole vaulting is an individual sport, but there's a team aspect to it. And I always appreciate my team experiences playing soccer and um, but navigating each challenge with, with an individual and treating them as their own person and their own challenge um, always finds a little bit more success, no matter how long it takes. Uh, every problem has its own timeline and it's only done when it is accomplished. So there's never a challenge that has, oh, this will be fixed in a week or a month or a year. Um, but navigating those challenges with people when you can have the trust built between coaches and athletes and friends and family and, and uh, whatever, whatever the relationship may be, um, being patient and, and learning how to do those, uh, take the steps to, to complete the challenges is always something that uh, is, is a huge um, rapport building with those athletes. Yeah. And with all those athletes, you know, there's so many different paths, there's so many different goals, and it really is just unique to each individual. And I think that's sort of the beauty in it. Um, I do have another question for you. So what motivates you? You've been doing this for a while and, you know, to stay in the sport for so many years and to continue to see success, what motivates you to keep putting in the work? Because everyone knows that to continue to be successful at the elite level, it does take a lot of work. So what gets you out of bed every morning to go keep chasing higher bars? Uh, that's a that's a wonderful question. Uh, specifically for pole vaulting, I'd say there's like three stages in my motivation over my career. So um, in college, I had given up my sport. I didn't really have goals of becoming a professional pole vaulter um, after I graduated undergraduate. 
Um, so I thought about uh, what it would be like without pole vaulting, and I really, I, I kind of lucked into an opportunity. I worked hard and, and uh, found a graduate program that would provide me uh, both an education, a continued education, and an opportunity to compete uh, another year in the NCAA. And I ended up finding some success, which helped my, my brain digest continuing to go and, and almost feed it and fuel it a little bit more. Um, and then even when I got uh, those opportunities, I won my first NCAA conference title and then, um, and then qualified for my last and only NCAA championships as a pole vaulter. And I ended up getting second to last uh, in that meet. And then really, I just thought there was more. I thought I was capable of more. I wanted to continue the journey and I had an opportunity to do so with a training partner who eventually became an Olympic gold medalist and a world champion in the high jump. Uh, and I trained with him as a pole vaulter and, uh, that success started to happen after two years, I jumped 18 feet for the first time after only jumping 17, nine in college, which doesn't seem like a lot, but that's sort of the realm of becoming a potential professional at the years that I was doing it. Um, now we have people jumping extremely high, which is so much fun, but, uh, Taking the step to becoming relevant in the professional stage made a difference. Knowing that I started jumping 18.5 uh, that year in 2015, I was like, hey, I, th I think I can jump higher than this. And I thought I could jump 19 feet. Um, and I got a job offered at High Point University in North Carolina. And I wanted to kind of further both my career and my professional pole vaulting. And I had an opportunity to do both, um, thanks to both my boss and uh, my high school coach. And um, I took that and then I was able to get some international opportunities. Traveling international really kind of set the stage where I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is exciting. I'm good enough to be traveling the world and competing at this level. Um, and then I started meeting all these new friends and, and, and people who were sharing similar experiences. And I was coaching at the same time. Uh, so it started out with being able to challenge myself and think I could do better and do more to setting an example as a coach. And that's one that still drives me now is setting examples for the athletes and, and people in my life that I do mentor um, to now continuing the journey of can, can I do this for a long time, knowing that there will be a day that I will have to stop, um, especially at the level that I'm doing it at now. So the three stages there are, are kind of molding every year and there may be a fourth stage of motivation, but setting an example for the people I mentor and coach and, uh, and trying to be successful at a high level and still gain these experiences with these new friends and, and, uh, and travel around the world and, and travel with you and compete all over the place. We just got back from a meet in Key West, Florida. Um, and now I have a hole in my foot, but uh, the stories never stop. And when we can continue growing stories and learning new experiences um, through the sports that we love, the joy is the underlying factor. I forgot to mention that of doing it. It's kind of fun to play. It's kind of fun to play pole vaulting. Um, but then every other, uh, every other facet of my life has encouraged me to become successful, both in coaching and competing uh, through my experiences. So motivation is, is I guess, fourfold in, uh, in joy, thinking I can do better, being an example and finding new experiences and, and friendships along the way. And to clarify, the hole in his foot came from stepping on something in the ocean. Um, so it's on the mend. It shouldn't bother him for too long. Yeah, the mystery hole. Yeah. But no, I can definitely relate to those um similar goals. And um it's funny because I 
actually never imagined that I would still be pole vaulting today. Um, when I first went to college, I had a roommate who said she wanted to be um, a professional pole vaulter after college. And, you know, cause I was asking her what she wanted to do and um, she was studying something. And then I just was like, so what do you want to do with that? And it never crossed my mind that you could be a professional pole vaulter. Um, and then just being at a place that I was surrounded by people that were, you know, better than me and challenged me and pushed me. It did really open my eyes to the possibility of um, what you can do after the sport, or I guess after college. And um, so another funny story is that I remember um, I roomed with Sandy Morrison. She is the Olympic silver medalist and world champion. And when she qualified for her first U.S. national championships, she was looking at other people competing who were much older than her at the time. But she said, wow, you know, I could be competing 10 years from now. And I just never, I thought she was crazy. Like, wow, you're going to pull ball for 10 more years. But funny enough, last year, we celebrated our 10th year competing together. I cannot believe that I'm still here, but I do share in that motivation with Scott about there is just something that is so satisfying and it just is so fulfilling to continue to chase that I guess, better version of yourself. Um, and that's something that we do in the pole vault. You continue to jump higher. Um, and it's just fun to watch the progress, even in the training aspect, you know, running faster times and lifting heavier weights. So I think for me, it's the aspect of chasing the better version of ourselves, but it is such a fun community be, to be a part of. Um, just having gotten back from a trip where we got to reunite with friends from all over the country, um, we all share in those similar experiences. So even though we live in different spots, um, we can all definitely relate to the ups and downs of the sport. And it's just, you know, it's a very bonding experience and a very cool community to be a part of. So that, uh, that sparked a question. Um, and I know, I know the answer, but for our listeners here, what's something that you have done this year that you've never done before? Um, and, and I'll preface this with, uh, <laughs> one thing that we never know is our limits until we find them. Uh, and so the cool, the, the really exciting part about sports and training in general and athletics is like, you never know what your limit is until you find it, but ultimately you won't be able to find it until you continue to push and, and, and navigate through all those challenges. So what's something this year you've done that you've never done before? I was trying to think of what the answer was because I was like, wow, you know, we're only a few days into 2023, but you know, looking back for a whole calendar year, um, I did this past year, try my first sprint triathlon. I was actually inspired by another guest that we've had here on sport feels life, uh, Siri Lindley, who was a world champion in the triathlon. So I have a background in swimming. I like running. Um, and I have, biked because, you know, a lot of people have, I'm not particularly strong at biking, but yeah, I did end up trying my first sprint triathlon. It was cool to try something new and compete in something a little different than what, you know, I have known. And I think that that competitor, I guess, competitive spirit is within me and whether I'm pole vaulting or doing a triathlon, I think I am a lifelong athlete. I really enjoy the push and the, um, I guess, adrenaline you get from competing and surprising yourself. I had a blast, so I will probably do another one. 
And on that note, uh, one thing that I've never done before in my life that I have done this year is both PR in the hex bar deadlift or set a new personal record in the hex bar deadlift, the hang power clean and the back squat. Um, and so here I am 32 years old, uh, still building new abilities in my training. And uh, ideally, if the training goes well, these will translate onto the runway. Um, on top of that, I now have uh, 17 pole vaulters at the college level, which I think is one of the most in the history of uh, pole vaulting programs in college. And it's a fun challenge to navigate, but I'm very fortunate to have a group that uh, they're very fun to work together with and, and they push each other and they don't mind having such a large group. Uh, they're almost encouraged by it. So it's exciting to see how that'll happen uh, throughout the season, both pushing performance for them and navigating team dynamics. Um, with such a large group of individual athletes that are working together on the same squad. Um, so we have some exciting things coming for 2023 for ourselves. Uh, and there's never, um, there's never an end of what we can experience as, as athletes, uh, whether it is in pole vaulting or whether it is in another sport, um, whether it's recreational sports or, or, or individual competitions such as triathlons that she's done. So uh, we're excited to share those stories with you guys this year in 2023 and, uh, and excited to bring up new topics, whether it's sports psychology, whether it's team dynamics, whether it's finding uh, individual successes um, or, or anything else that you might be interested in uh, Sport Fuels Life will research, we'll dive into it, and we will try to explain both scenarios and, uh, and solutions for any type of problem or um, future potential that you might be going through. Yeah, and that's something that we want to do more of this year is really engage with our listeners. So if there is something that you want us to talk about, if you have questions for us, um, if you even want to share your story, please head over to our social media at Sport Fuels Life or even at our website, sportfuelslife.com. You can contact us there and, you know, share some questions or ideas, other pieces of, um, you know, life experiences that you may want advice on. Um, I think a kind of cool aspect that Scott mentioned about his pole vaulting squad is that this is something we see with a lot of individual sports because pole vaulting is technically an individual sport. You are going out there clearing the bar, but with 17 vaulters on a team, you do also develop this team dynamic. So, and that's where I think that there's a lot of parallels between different sports, you know, whether it's individual or team. So how do you navigate the team aspect or how, what are some cool, helpful things that you do to build your team culture? Uh, well, one of them is, is definitely goal setting and expectations at the beginning of the year, uh, having the same end goal or focus, I guess. I don't want to say a goal because everybody has individual goals, but, uh, expectations and purpose between each practice, each week, each competition that we're going to go for, um, ultimately helping everyone along the way is a challenge, but it should be a challenge that they should all want to help each other along the way. And setting those expectations as a squad and as a team um, makes every practice better. I tell them all the time that just because, uh, just because someone is the fastest in this workout today, they may not be the best in the next workout next week. Um, they may be sick. They may be stressed with schoolwork in the NCAA. Um, you're always balancing classes and homework and everything else. Um, so that might be your time, whoever it may be, to become the fastest or the most motivated that day and to rise the level of everybody on the team. Um, so the team dynamic, right? We do train, we lift together, we train and run together, we jump together. And uh, there's a varying level of, of competition experience and, and competition performance abilities. But 
if somebody is jumping higher than someone else, I want them to know that you should only want your teammate to beat you in a workout or try to beat you in a workout because that will push you ultimately to be successful yourself. And then you should always want um, success for your teammates. And, and, and the sport of pole vaulting in itself is a little interesting because we all travel around, even on the professional level, we compete against each other and we want each other to be successful. We want someone else to jump really high. One, because the energy is contagious. And when the energy is contagious, you can really feel both the excitement and the ability for your own performance to increase, as well as the motivation lasts, you know, months afterwards when, when you're a part of someone else's excitement PR, you really share in that moment and you're almost driven to have that moment for yourself. Um, and the joy, sharing joy of athletics, athletic experience, I think is something we all love as humans, whether we're just fans, coaches, family members, friends, competitors, teammates. Um, we love seeing that experience of success um, through sport, all, no matter where we are. Um, we love watching whoever wins the Super Bowl, whoever wins the World Cup. We love um, consuming those emotions and those ideas and playing ourselves in, the own, in our own mind of what it would be like to, one, be that athlete or team, and two, be a fan of that team if we're not already a part. You know, none of us are all, or if we may or may not be from Argentina, we still relate to how Argentina did win uh, the World Cup. And we also relate to how France lost the World Cup when they had a chance to win their second World Cup in a row. Um, and so that's the exciting part about being in the moment um, and supporting everybody in that team environment, whether they're an individual or a team. Um, and then I set individual goals with them uh, so that they have something to look forward to and bring to the table every day that is uh, selfish in nature, but mostly for their individual successes. Um, and then when they're focused on their own goals that can also help the team, it only compounds the team helping effect. Well, and even something um, that you just mentioned with the World Cup as well, I think that's something that is so cool about sports is how uniting it is on a world scale or scale, world stage or scale. Um, so you've traveled across the world and you've met people from different countries. That is super cool. And you've made friends across the entire world. So I think that's one of the coolest things about sport and how it really is so uniting. And even just, you know, as fans watching different teams compete, you can get behind one team or another, but why would you say that we need sports in today's world? Uh, it's a great question. And we've talked about this a little bit. So uh, one of my favorite things about sports is it transcends life uh, and life lessons. And uh, it basically is, obviously it's a game, but it's a game that you can lose at and still learn from without the dire causes of failure. Um, you can learn failure where you don't have to necessarily starve to death. Uh, you can learn failure where you don't necessarily have to have to cut down a tree and it ends up falling on your house because <laughs> you cut it the wrong way. Um, but you can navigate those scenarios. And sports is a medium of teaching life lessons. It's a medium that everyone can understand. Once you know the rules of the game, whether it's golf and you hit it out of bounds and you end up getting four stroke penalties because you're in the water or out of bounds, um, or, or you're on a soccer pitch, you get a red card, or you get penalties in football games that set you back and your team may lose a game. 
those lessons can transcend life to where, you know, real life lessons uh, can be hard, right? They can be mm -hmm. really hard. Unfortunately, getting in a car accident can be extremely traumatic and, and cause a lot of loss and financial struggle. Um, but those struggles can be felt in a, in a small sense on the sports pitch, you know, whether it is a loss or, you know, a potential injury from losing a teammate. So you don't get to go in as prepared into that next championship match as you would have if you were at full force. Um, and so the medium that sports are, whether it's the pitch, the court, the track, um, anything, you can learn those life lessons and be taught those life lessons with almost like a a reset button in play. Let's just go ahead and try again. Let's go ahead and try again next season. Let's go ahead and, and try again next week, tomorrow at practice. Let's, you know, you didn't win or succeed today, but let's try it again. And right. Uh, Cause the, the stakes that you have in sports and the grand scheme of things is so small in comparison to a war or, you know, something way more dramatic. We have these championship games or matches or competitions, but, and even practices, of course, we can put that pressure on ourselves, but it's a great way, like Scott mentioned, to continue to learn those lessons without as much consequence. And, and navigating those challenges um, on the pitch, you know, can also help improve the community around us, uh, whether we're experiencing racism or, or different inequities on the sports pitch, um, we can take those lessons and transcend them into our communities and, and hopefully build better communities because of it. Um, we can we can relate to people that we may not have ever seen. Now you're sitting next to them in a, in a sports arena cheering on the same team. And you can also talk about those experiences and, and support each other in your own goals without anything really being in the way. Um, yeah. And that's that's something that is beautiful and it doesn't happen organically as much without sports. Yeah, I mean, and it is a platform for you to demonstrate sportsmanship you also, through sports, you're going to attack your different fears or insecurities. You're going to have to do difficult things and challenge yourself. So in that, I think there is so much reward and, you know, the people that you meet is just one of the coolest aspects that, that, you know, sports will build that community for you. So I think that there's so many layers to sports and that's where that passion for athletics can really come from because, there's so many people that have experienced it firsthand as an athlete, as a coach, as a fan. So it's so relatable. It is so relatable. And if you want to hear about how sports can help you navigate both through life and through your own challenges with your athletic teams or your coaches and teammates, tune in more throughout this year at Sport Feels Life with my wife, Megan Houston, and myself. <laughs> and we will give you all the information that we can. Heck yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in and listening to us today. We will be in touch again soon. Peace. Peace.